0: From 10 till 1. Mid mornings with
1: Linda Ness. Cambridge 105.
2: Well, we're in for a treat now because we have Jack Pout who's joined us. And uh, Jack plays folk rock music. And uh, he um, he's actually not from Cambridge, he's from Norfolk. Welcome, Jack. Hello. Sorry about the not being from Cambridge thing. I'll make up the. <laughs> That's okay. No, we, we, we let other pe- He's saying sorry. I hadn't, I hadn't your mic up. Speak again. Say that again.
3: So yeah, I apologise for not being from Cambridge. Well,
2: you know, I think we do let other people in occasionally. Really? I'm not sure you get out again. Of course, I have to pay a tax their- just to be. Well, from mm-hmm. you know, they haven't told you about that. That's that's what's, uh, You'll find out on your way out. I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yes, good. welcome. I'm 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 really really glad that you've been able to come into the studio this Thanks, morning. That's me. great. So, have you been playing for long, Jack? Uh,
3: about. For six years, six years, yeah, okay, on uh, on and off out of different situations. So, odd bands, odd duo. Uh-huh. Um, then my band, like the Dirt Level, then me solo. On and off, six years, yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. I've just I've just pulled up your um, your band camp web, web page here. So you're you're fronting up a band, aren't you? You play guitar yeah. and you do vocals.
3: Yeah, I, I write all the songs, and so it was a it was kind of it was designed so that people could jump in and out of it. Uh-huh. If I just had the songs and, and the concept, then anyone who wanted to play come in do a bit and if they need to leave it's all right because we'll, you know they're not yeah. their song it's like you can yeah. leave if you need to uh-huh. it was supposed to be a kind of free and easy project we've had a fair few people through
2: yeah that seems to be the way of it nowadays with a lot of projects actually uh, they do that don't they people people are there Maybe be a core of one or two people and they'll have other people yeah. joining them coming and going it's a really nice concept actually
3: it's been nice i've got a friend called sam edwards who had 24 musicians on his last album just pass through, and I think that's really lovely. But mm. I think it takes away the pressure of um, if you have a band where you're all writing. If someone leaves, you're in trouble. Like you can't do anything then. Yeah. Whereas this, it takes away a lot of the pressure. It's just John, have a laugh, Come on, have a play, and then yeah. you've got everything set up already.
2: I think it's more fun as well. Actually, there's less likelihood of the big traumas and yeah. fallouts. Any
3: fights <laughs> over like, what do you want for dinner? It's quite nice. <laughs> Excellent. Now you're going to play something for us this morning, aren't you? yes What if would you like to play first? I'm going to do a song called Pardon Me, which is mm-hmm. on the new album. So I thought, I'd, if you want, I'll do a song off the new album to kind of promote it and then if there's a new one I'll throw that in. Okay. But I'll do this one if you like. You go ahead. Self-fitting little song called Pardon Me.
2: This is Pardon Me, is it? Yeah. Okay, so we have here Jack Pout playing Pardon Me.
0: Pardon me for not being perfect Pardon me for not being clean Pardon me for not being bigger Pardon me for not being seen Pardon me for not being bigger and Pardon me for not being strong Pardon me for stealing my thoughts and Pardon me for them being wrong I'll apologize through and through Seems the only thing I can do Pardon me for not being you Pardon me for not being handsome Pardon me for not being quick Pardon me for not being pretty And pardon me for being thick Pardon me for not being special But pardon me if I stand out Pardon me for leaving my house Pardon me for my being allowed I'll apologize through and through Seems the only thing I can do To pardon me for not being you I can't get up off the floor Seems you keep on coming back for more Remember how to have fun Seems you will not stop until you've won So pardon me for not being perfect But pardon me if I speak true Cause I'll take whatever you give Until I am black and blue And I'll apologize through and through Seems the only thing I can do To pardon me Cos I won't be you Brilliant. That's excellent. Uh, Absolutely excellent. That's
2: really super. You've got a brilliant voice, I have to say. It's a bit early. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if that's you early, then, you know, you must be cracking later on. That's that's fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And you were saying um, earlier that you played in the Cambridge Folk Festival as well.
3: Yeah, just a little one on, uh, on the side stage. It was really uh-huh. lovely. Uh-huh. Just, it, was, it, wasn't, it didn't have any of the uh, coolness of actually playing for Cambridge, but I said, can I play on the stage, please? And I went, yeah, yeah, so you sign up. But um got a really good crowd from it and some nice people from the PRS, so it was a real shock. Yes. But things like that, we've had some really lovely, lucky moments so far.
2: Yeah. Oh, but there's a, there's a lot of quite, you know, well-known acts actually go round round on the stage and round that stage at the back. Mm. I, I saw Gabrielle Applin there a, a couple of years ago. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, um, it's a real mixture of people and people just want to play there, I think, because yeah. it's such a great festival.
3: It's a lovely place to be.
2: It is a lovely place to be. It's really chilled out and fantastic. So you do lots of gigging, do you, down in, in Norwich? Yeah, yeah in Norwich.
3: we started branching out to London, but Norwich, yeah, all over. Mm-hmm. Like since um, since because I got nominated for a folk award last year, oh. or, or rather the start of this year, and so since then it's been a kind of handy tool for getting out of Norwich and around. Uh-huh. So you can say I've got this under my belt. I promise I'm worthy of your money, and then you can get <laughs> yeah. out somewhere, and that yeah. does the job. But that's how it happens, isn't it? It just builds up from there. That's yeah. great. But that's just a really lovely scene to gig in.
2: Yeah,
3: like it, I think you've, we've got one of the friendliest scenes for just kind of. Um, all the musicians there know each other, and most of their pals. So it's kind of, can I play here? Yeah, go on. I've got maybe they'll get you there to play there, and it's it's all interwoven, which is really nice. Yeah,
2: yeah, f- fantastic. You've got something else that you want to play then, have you? If
3: yeah, yeah, I've got uh, okay. What what's this one? To, I'll um I'll have to detune the guitar. Okay, shall we shall we pop something on while you're detuning? It'll it make far nicer
2: noise than what I'm about to do. So now now we're going to hear Jack Pout. Joined by Tilly Dalgleish, I believe, There's on vocals. Pressure, I'm, feeling, I'm, not, I'm not entirely happy about the pressure that's being put on here. Oh, well, oh, well. You'll be fine. I've, I know that you're a fantastic singer, so you'll be OK. And this song is called
3: Breaking of Old Branches, Yes, I believe. OK. We've go. taken that whole musical project thing to the next level by doing it off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Get back up again I'm still bleeding where you caught me on the chin To be fair, I was foolish Tried to hold down your heart I'll just lay here, hope my love no CPR So I lost a place to sleep Doesn't mean I got nowhere to go Cause the breaking of old branches causes new ones to grow. So I lost a place to sleep doesn't mean I got nowhere to go. Cause the breaking of old branches causes new ones to grow. Hey, don't worry, I'll come back round again. I'm still choking on the lies you tried to feed To be fair, you were foolish Did nothing ever matter but to win Do you desire a monologue? I have no right to try and enter in So I lost a place to sleep Doesn't mean I got nowhere to go Cause the breaking of old branches causes new ones to grow So I lost place to sleep doesn't mean I got nowhere to go Cause the breaking of old branches causes new ones to grow Hey don't worry I'll fly back home again I'm still reeling on the doors that you slammed, to be fair I was foolish, tried to only tell you things I knew That was foolish to satiate your hunger with the truth So I lost a place to sleep, doesn't mean I got nowhere to go Cause the breaking of old branches causes new ones to grow So I lost a place to sleep, doesn't mean I got nowhere to go Cause the breaking of old branches causes new ones to grow
2: tune coming here from jack pout which he has literally just named on the fly he's calling it new day change your mind don't oh you like change your mind don't like that it's rubbish you don't like it okay call it start running that'll do start running and start running now then jack pout let's go will do
0: <laughs> what's the point in being on my knees if i'm not a prayer why play the game if I don't know the game I'm supposed to play Put me on the bench, I've taken all the hits I can today You say leave but I know I sure as hell can't stay I swore I would never bow to another man But it's the same when I cripple myself again so if that new day's coming then I better start running I know it sounds funny but I'll be stunned if I don't end up losing out again It gets so hot to damn well breathe when you fight on. no release and I don't want to lose again I don't want to lose again I don't want to lose again Life is hard, yeah, that's a phrase I hate and won't accept Feels too much like giving in for your regrets I Stay tough, just in case life should ever forget I'm in charge, been that way since the day we met We're all tired and looking for something softer now Eight hours a night ain't enough for me So if that new day's coming then I better start running The north sounds funny but I'll be stunned if I don't end up losing out again so hot then we'll be then you fight on or no at least and I don't want to lose again I Coming to the better start running. I know it sounds funny, but I always stand to fight not end up losing out again. It gets so hard to stand when we fight on the door, at And I don't want to lose again. I don't want to lose again. I don't want to lose again. I don't want to lose again.
2: Brilliant. That was excellent. Really, really good. Enjoy that, Enjoy that Tilly. I did. Yeah. There's some insane strumming patterns going on there. Two the... quiet
3: ones hit by a loud one. I, I know. It <laughs> that a, is... average.
2: <laughs> Fabulous. I love that one. Loved, I love them all, actually. You Thank are you. very, very good. Brilliant.
3: So nice. I'll come back again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what's coming up then, if
3: your gig's coming up in the future that you want to talk about. Yeah, the nice ones coming up, actually, is the lo- to end the year, I've got some really lovely ones on the 29th this month is Jernot's Bar, Norwich I and mean, if you're com- from Cambridge you know, get a bus it's a really nice place it looks like a cave mixed with a dungeon mixed with a, like an underground mansion which is really lovely and they've got a cheap bar so it's fantastic there mm-hmm. and then um, open in Norwich on the uh, 19th of December they're having their final party of the year and the turnout for that is looking huge and they've got like incredible bands they've got us Jap Out on the Dirt Level opening so they've got folk to start and then a load of it is reggae and dub so why we've been slotted in I don't know but I'm grateful so that's gonna be really good fun. Yeah. And aside from that, it's basically stuff like just released this album a couple of months ago. So we're really well, I think about a month, so we're really promoting that. That's on Spotify, Bandcamp, iTunes, Amazon, C D babies everywhere. The works. Yeah, the works. <laughs> it's called Getting Off the Ground.
2: Uh-huh.
3: That's very reasonably priced. And
2: <laughs> 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 So go there, go to buy camp and buy. I think I will be doing that
3: actually. It's Fantastic. superb. Thank you. Superb. Actually I've got a solid copy just in case you've got a fiver handy, you know. <laughs> I was going to bring a hat hat while I played, but
0: I didn't have time. <laughs> Good
2: thinking. I like your thinking there on Mr. Entrepreneur. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, we're going to have a very, very quick. Thank you very much for coming in Thanks today. Thanks, Adam. It's lovely. Thank you. Now we have our guest this morning. Reducing our carbon footprint has been the goal of many people and organisations for quite a while now, and there are many ways in which this can be achieved and one of these ways is to source our food from local outlets rather than shipping it in from far afield. Here to talk to us about this topic is uh, Jocelyn Cutler, who is a volunteer and events organiser for Cambridge Carbon Footprint. So, welcome to Cambridge 105, Jocelyn. Thanks very much. Well, it's nice to see you. Firstly, could you tell us tell us a bit about um, Cambridge Carbon Footprint in general? What do you do as yeah, an organisation? Yeah, sure.
4: No trouble. So... Um we're a small charity and we engage people um, about the lifestyle choices they make regarding their carbon footprint. So we try and run events and challenges and um, talks about all the different fun ways they can make changes in their life and, and live a low-carbon lifestyle in an mm-hmm. enjoyable way. Mm-hmm.
2: And do you aim this mainly at individuals or organisations or both? We do work with
4: some organisations, but it's mostly we work with individuals.
2: Uh-huh. So it's people who have an interest in this. Do yeah. they contact you or do you kind of run events and people come up to you and speak about it? A bit of both,
4: you? a bit of both. So we, we run events and we have a newsletter. So we've got lots of events happening and um, you can find out about them on our website, which is just the name cambridgecarbonfootprint.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we run lots and lots of events. So lots of people can just rock up and have some fun with us. Um, But on the other hand, people also get in touch with us about sort of their own homes and the energy-saving ideas that we have. And we um, we have a, a whole range of volunteers who can come out and look at your home and help you to make reductions in your home energy use. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we do a whole range of different things and we have courses that people come along on. So, all all sorts of different ways. That's that sounds absolutely
2: brilliant. Now you're yeah. running
4: an event, aren't you? Yes, indeed. On
2: the twenty first <laughs> of November at Fitzbilly's, yeah. a very well known uh, little restaurant in Cambridge, and that's a, a celebration of sustainable food. I understand. So tell us tell us all about that. What's going to go on there? Yeah, sure. Um, delicious
4: food. <laughs> yeah. Wow, count me in so, then. <laughs> <laughs> so starting in November, where. Um, running a campaign on sustainable food and this is going to be the first event the big launch and um it's so the chef there rosie sykes is interested in sustainable food and so we got together with her and she's developed a really tasty menu and we're going to have um a Duncan Catchpole from COFCO coming along and telling us about local producers that he's working with and his um, vegetable box scheme. And Rosie Sykes is going to introduce her menu and all the food that she's prepared and why. And it's a bit of a showcase of local produce um, mm. on the night.
2: And mm. how just how much that there is around here and how, yeah. how you can, in fact, go and find that food and source it yourself, presumably. Yeah.
4: Definitely. I mean, we're so lucky in Cambridge because there is so much around us that's very delicious and it's all year and it's seasonal and local and mostly organic. We're very lucky here. Yes.
2: And food is more delicious, isn't it, when it's it's sourced locally? It just sure. is.
4: Absolutely. Yes. People always Fresh. say if
2: you've grown something in the garden, it just tastes completely different to the, oh. the stuff that you buy in supermarkets. Oh, it
4: does. It does. You can taste the sunshine in the tomatoes when you've just picked them, <laughs> can't you?
2: <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah, and of course, when food does travel in from you know long distances, mm. presumably it's treated in some way as well so that it keeps...
4: Yes, yes. I mean, they use all sorts of chemicals on them, not only to keep the food but also mostly well sometimes they pick the food unripe and then use chemicals to ripen the food artificially so that when you're buying it you're not actually buying the full nutrition of what you expect to be buying so it's much better to eat locally because the food has been able to ripen on the plant
0: Mm -hmm.
4: Mm. so
2: when you talk about local food what's what's the what area how, how far are you talking about what's local what does local actually mean
4: ah a very subjective question. <laughs> <laughs> so we run, um, uh, we're running a challenge in November. We run this challenge quite often and we, we say to people to try to eat within a 30-mile radius of okay. Cambridge for about three weeks and and it's, it's remarkably easy and delicious to do that but when you're talking about sustainable food, it's important not to just think about local food because often food that's organic or... or um, Um, grown in a more sustainable way can be shipped from a long way away but perhaps it's more energy expensive to to grow the food in a conventional way locally so you've there are a number of things that you can think about when you're talking about sustainable food a good one is local food it's also um, what you eat so if you reduce the amount of meat that you eat then you're also reducing the carbon cost of your diet and um eating food that's been grown organically or in a sustainable way is always a really good way to do it. Um, so that, yeah, there are a number of ways. There's um, a really good way of thinking about it though. If you use sort of an 80-20 rule, so 80% of your food, try and make that sort of local and organic and as, as carbon friendly as you can. And 20% to keep your diet really varied or or anything that you really love eating that you wouldn't want to give up like chocolate mine would be chocolate or coffee or tea mm-hmm. or olive oil things like that oh that is so good actually a, yeah. yes yeah
2: so the eighty twenty rule okay that's that's really interesting we're going to play a quick tune and then we'll come back and uh, and chat a bit more about this okay missing which is still going on it's it's dead but it will not lie down there we go there they go now goodbye uh, this morning we are speaking to Jocelyn Cutler from the Cambridge Carbon Footprint, and uh, we've had a very interesting, interesting chat, Jocelyn, about uh, about sustainability and food and uh, buying food locally. Are there any other benefits to buying local produce? Other than the, the, you know, the tastiness and the freshness of it.
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are certainly health benefits, like we were mentioning before, with increased nutrition with the ripe food, food and everything. But also more broadly, just in our in our local community, if we encourage these sorts of sustainable jobs, it really benefits our local commun- our local economy,
5: yeah.
4: and sort of keeping those skills alive really stands Cambridge in good stead for the future. I think. Yeah. Um,
2: you know, it's strange, but I think about 100 years ago, 100, 200 years ago, everything was very, very local. Yeah. Uh, probably probably even even less than 100 years ago, actually. Everything was very local. Some people hardly ever left the area that they were born in. You know, the, going, the visit to the big town was a big thing. And everything was very, very local. And then all of a sudden, we kind of
4: became global and globalised. And I think it was almost like we wanted to pull it back again. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And also that sort of about 100, maybe a little bit longer ago as well, everything was organic because the pesticides and the fertilisers and things hadn't even been invented and were certainly not in wide use. So it's nothing new that people are sort of trying to, you know, change into something new and and uncharted waters it's Mm -hmm. just taking the best of both worlds and finding a balance yes
2: because now that we're used to curry and things like that you wouldn't necessarily want to (laughs) no certainly not (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not that'd be a disaster (laughs) (laughs) now um, i see that you're also running a a food for the greener future conference in february next year because i I was ransacking your website for information (laughs) before you came in tell us about that that conference that you're going to be running
4: yeah sure well it's part of this campaign that i mentioned before so the campaign itself will be going from november until march next year and this conference is sort of going to be a big culminating event of the campaign it's on the 8th of february next year and it's going to be a full day of workshops and talks and delicious foods and um all about sort of interesting ways to reduce your carbon footprint through food so Um, understanding what makes up a food footprint so we talk about carbon footprints being a measure of how of your of a person's contribution to climate change so then it's sort of talking about how to reduce the food part of that and also how to use different foods in different seasons so there'll be um, like taste testing and and some demonstrations we've got some really good speakers coming Um, We've got Mike Small from the Fife Diet and the Fife Diet is the group um, up in Scotland which invented that 80-20 rule that I was talking about earlier. Um, Duncan Williamson from the World Wildlife Fund and Jessica Halliday from the City Uni who works on food policy with Tim Lang. Um, and also Dan Isles from the World Development Movement is coming, and they're all talking about sort of the global impact of our choices as well as the local impact and the different um, initiatives around that that you can get involved in. Some Brilliant. really exciting ones. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that should be well worth going to if Definitely. you're interested in this topic. Which Definitely. I think I think it will be great actually. And back to the Fitzbillies
4: event. Mm. Are there still some places left? There sure are. Yes, and but people will have to be quick because there aren't so many left. No. But um, if if you do want to come along. Um, just jump onto our website, which um, is either the cambridgecarbonfootprint.org website, or you can also go to the campaign website, which is Mm foodforagreenerfuture.org, and just jump online there and um, buy a ticket. It's £33 a head Mm -hmm. um, for a three-course meal with a drink. And there's a vegan option if you're so interested. So... Yes, it's going to be delicious. Please do.
2: That sounds that sounds absolutely brilliant. And that's on the 21st of November that's yes. happening at yep. Fitzbilly's restaurant. Yep, starts restaurant. at
4: 7pm. At 7pm.
2: That's excellent. Well, thank you very, very much for coming in today, Jocelyn. That's It's been really nice meeting you and hearing about what the work that you're doing because it's, it's really interesting.
4: Thanks. Well, thanks very much for having me on. It's been fun. You're very welcome.
2: You're very welcome. From 10 till
6: 1. Mid-Mornings with Phil Rowe. guest time on cambridge 105 my guest has made it this morning i'm pleased to say she uh, kind of got through all the security system in the end and managed to uh, make me uh, realize that she was here we're always on the lookout for interesting local stories about charity efforts november the 17th is a big date for anna barnes she's actually off this sunday and she'll be flying out to jordan and she'll be w- walking across the jordanian desert to petra with uh, 56 other like-minded souls and uh, she's going to be raising money for a charity close to her heart Uh, We'll be telling you a little bit more about that in just a few moments. Also, the fact that uh, she's got a a website going, or at least uh, she's put something on a website. It's called TGen Foundation. I'll ask you to get a pen or paper handy a little later on as well so you can jot down some details. Anna, good morning to you. Thank you for coming into the studio to talk to us today.
5: Good morning, Phil. Thank you for asking me.
6: So you're all set to unpack. Well, I've, I've been asking you all sorts of questions off air. Firstly, when you do something like this, What sort of distance are you going to be traveling? How how big is the Jordanian Desert?
5: Um, The Jordanian Desert itself is rather huge, um, but we will be walking about 70 kilometers, um, divided up over about four days.
6: So you're going to be pacing yourself. You're going to obviously go to Petra, which is a very ancient city, isn't it, from what I remember from my geography, and a rather wonderful place to visit. I'm actually thinking I wouldn't mind doing the 70 kilometres just to get there, to, to see the sight that's going to behold you. Where do you start?
5: We will be starting at the southern point of the Dead Sea, and um, it's the point where there's a wadi that runs into the Red Sea. And we will all uh, meet there. There's quite a lot of us going. Um, and uh, that will be our start point. And then we trek off across the desert towards Petra uh, the morning, Sunday
6: morning. Are you all coming in from the UK? You're all flying there? Are you coming from other countries around no, the world? No,
5: we're all coming from the UK.
6: Okay, so it's a UK contingent, 56 of you. Uh, are you, some of you are kind of partners, husbands and wives, or families coming out there all together?
5: Well, actually, I won't know anyone else on the trek. And actually, it's the um, Dream Challenges company that are running the organisation. They are coming from all over. Some people are couples. um, They've all been touched um, in some way by cancer, whether or not they've recovered themselves or have a relative who have sadly passed away or suffered from. Um, and, um, the Dream Challenges organization, uh, arrange trips that people like myself, um, can go along and challenge ourselves, um, and, and, and raise money for our chosen charity. And this one's called Britain V Cancer. And so all 40, yes. And so all 40 of us are raising money for our own chosen charity, um, um, that are fighting cancer.
6: So you've not had a chance at all to to meet up with anyone before you get out there Anna
5: Unfortunately no there's a bit of a story behind that they they had a tra- um a practice weekend organised the first weekend in September, which I would have been delighted to go along to. However, it was the week before another challenge I was going to do, which was walking 100 kilometres along the River Thames in 24 hours. And so I needed to rest before I did that challenge. So I didn't go and meet my fellow travellers, but I did manage to walk 100 kilometres in 25 hours actually along the Thames. But this is
6: going to be a bit different terrain wise because, of course, Very deserts different. mean dunes. Means sand, and if you've ever done any trudging or on the beach, beach and just going up simple dunes on the East Anglian coast, you've been somewhere like H- Old Hunstanton, I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you ever walk, you are you ever leaving the beach and you're just climbing up, and it's only kind of a gentle slope, you find that for every step you do, you're actually only moving about half your normal pace step, so you're going to need twice the energy. So we, I mean, I'm sure you, you're going to be uh, you healthy and fit, but the stamina i mean have you got lots of is is it very undulating you've got lots of dunes to get up and down
5: well um, i'm hoping there's not going to be too many dunes um from what they've described already uh, most of it's rocky desert thankfully um but the first day we'll be climbing over a thousand meters to get from the Bed of the because the Dead Sea obviously is the lowest point in the earth. I think it's sort of um, right. four hundred meters below. Um, so we'll have to climb up a thousand meters in order to get up on the plateau before we can start walking towards Petra. So the first day is going to be really tough. And yes, you're right, completely different from the flat walking I did before. So I'm hoping that I'm trained enough. Um, the age range is quite large, apparently, between sort of eighteen and seventy. So I'm hoping I'm going to be somewhere in the middle. But I have to admit that. Um, A few months ago, I challenged myself to go walking the brecon beacons and i went with the brecon beacon society and their average age is about 60 and i'm afraid to say i was the last person to the top
6: <laughs> oh really and of course you're a lady i won't i'll never ask a lady her age. <laughs> well i'm a
5: lot younger than sixty. i would
6: say somewhere in the in, in between age between 80 and uh, the 60 70 yes. year olds they'll be all helping each other you said you mentioned 40 of you i've got a figure of 56 so you reckon
5: well i think what happened was so at the beginning um there was there was about 56 of us but um when we just got our the final list in about two weeks ago I expect some people weren't able to make it, so that's a shame but there's definitely 40 of us going now. So
6: all around the UK, obviously not being able to meet up, as you said, there's Mr Training Day, so lots of emails have been flying around, just getting everybody together, packing list as well, provisions. How are you, how are you doing, firstly, for food? And, I mean, an important thing is the drink, and keeping yourself hydrated.
5: Yes, incredibly important during the walking in the desert. Um, it's recommended that we drink up to about three litres a day. Um the the Dream Challenges people, um, as I said, have organised this trip and they will be um, on hand with jeeps um, carrying supplies um, and they will set camp for us um, ahead of time. But we will be carrying um, our own water with us, but there'll also be water that they'll be carrying as well. Um, I have a special um, uh, sort of camelback um, uh, water carrier where you put it on your back and then you have tubes that come round that you can suck oh. water so um that was donated yeah. by another friend of mine thank you very much laura and um so i'll, I'll be using that. And that that i think that carries about uh, two liters of water so
6: i haven't seen that sort of device before that sounds
5: yeah very... well that's for like serious serious walkers i'm not <laughs> sure how serious <laughs> i am but, but yes. four
6: days of this in the desert what's yeah. the sort of daytime maximum i mean it's obviously going to be hot but what sort of temperatures <clears throat> would you expect well at this
5: time of the year it's going to be between 24 and 26 degrees so nice summer's that's, day
6: that's not unreasonable no. i have to say
5: yeah but I'll need to make sure I wear a hat.
6: You're fair-skinned, like me. Yes. So you're going to have to make sure you uh, slop on the suntan cream That's as well. That's right. So the sticky yes. stuff.
5: Slip, slap, slop. And
6: what's, what sort of temperature does it get down to at night? You've been, freezing.
5: It will be freezing. So you're going to be
6: inside tents, presumably. They'll, yeah. they'll go ahead and pitch them up for you. So sleeping bags, lots, mm-hmm. of, lots of extra blankets around yourselves and cocoon yourself inside there. I mean, the other thing is, getting down to the nuts and bolts and basics of it, you're going to have to share tents with, with strangers. if, if you're Yes. The, obviously, ladies in some tent together and, and the gentlemen in, in other tents. Uh, so it's kind of a hope that you don't snore too much. Yes, yeah, so do I. <laughs> and, of course, other things that might be predatory on you, things like scorpions, are there uh, poisonous snakes out there in the desert? Have they okay, now you about I'm scared. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't tell me you haven't thought about these things.
5: Um, well... I'm hoping that um, there's going to be enough of us <laughs> in the tents that these things won't come ca- crawling in think. under the, the flaps of the tent. We have been encouraged, of course, to take um, insect repellent spray, which I'll be doing. Um, but I don't know if you can get in, uh, snake repellent spray. <laughs> I haven't heard sure. of that,
6: I must admit. I yeah. didn't want to scare you there. <laughs> I, I, I want to try and fill you with confidence. So you're flying on Sunday. Now, we ought to say why you're doing this, of course, go round to the actual uh, reason for the whole being of this this event you're actually going to be out in the UK what presumably for a whole Would it be a week or a bit longer
5: uh, yes it's about a week
6: yeah so the charity again um, I think I was fairly uh, good at pronouncing it a little bit earlier on, but it's a very rare cancer. And there's no research currently done in the UK. You were telling me off air earlier on that there is a laboratory in the US which is doing some research at the moment. Uh, so, generally fundraising, are you managing to find that this adrenal cortical carcinoma research is it a is it sort of a recently discovered cancer? How many people would you say also have it, say in um. the UK every year?
5: Uh, the, it, the occurrence is only one in every two million people. So, um, the doctor that treated my sister, I think, during his career, had only treated maybe another five people. Um, so, it's not, there's not the critical mass for um, cancer groups to concentrate specifically on that type of cancer. However, what the TGen Foundation do is that they are primarily concerned with screening cancers genetically and they have a small group who work specifically on uh, genetic screening of adrenal cortical carcinoma. And the idea is is that you build up an individual genetic profile for each person who's suffering from this type of cancer and you can target specifically their type because even within this very rare cancer, it manifests manifests itself differently in different people. Unfortunately, with my sister, it was quite far along and it was in in a very aggressive form where there are some people who can survive for decades uh, keeping it... um, uh, managing it mm. um, and it spreads in different ways as well unfortunately it spread to my sister's lungs which meant that in the end her body couldn't hold out against it so yeah so it's very exciting research that the TGen Foundation do this idea of genetic profiling individual people's tumours mm. in order to target um, specifically their, their problem so
6: we can we can make drugs work on a specific organ and concentrate any therapies yes a certain part of the body rather than blitzing and yes I mean the way that chemotherapy has traditionally worked isn't it really you ingest some form of drug which is basically a poison to your body and it kills off many good cells as well as bad cells so i guess if you can target to the specific i know kidney in this case lungs or other areas of the body uh, then i guess the patient's well-being well you're never going to feel very well obviously if you're having this treatment but at least you don't feel like your whole body's shattered
5: yes hopefully
6: only really time, you know, in this in- interview, Anna, to say where people can uh, contribute some money and donate if they wish to. We will give out this uh, web address again, but we, we can uh, do that now. It's quite a, a long one. I know you've set, you've set up a little bit. Do you remember it? Shall I give it out to the listeners?
5: Um, tell me if I've got it right, Phil. It's the tgen.org um, slash t-gen community slash make an effort for Charlotte.
6: Nearly. I hate, <laughs> hate to be pedantic and slightly correct you, but we'll, we'll get this out to the listeners again. It's tgenfoundation.org. Uh, then it's slash net community and slash make an effort for Charlotte. Of course, Charlotte being your late sister, sister as well, Anna. Yeah. We'll do that one more time. It's tgenfoundation.org slash net community slash make an effort for Charlotte. That's make an effort for Charlotte. And uh, I know, actually, Anna, you'll be making big efforts. Yes. Before you go away, you've asked us as well to kind of charge you up because you're a big Prince fan
5: and Um, so was charlotte actually it was one of the best concerts she ever went to she told me
6: so some happy memories some positive memories i hope you do really well i hope you don't get too many sores in your feet because that's the other important thing is the proper footwear if you get sand between those tootsies (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna end up so i guess it won't be open heeled uh, and sensible footwear which i'm sure you've thought about good luck thank you very Uh, much speed well on sunday isn't it you're flying from presumably from heathrow Yep. when does the walk actually start
5: Um, it starts the following day.
6: Okay. Food, drink and everything organised. I'm sure it's really well organised. Everyone will be safe and hopefully you make lots of money. I've been on the website already. I had a sneaky peek. Mm -hmm. I can see that there have been already a lot of... Everyone's
5: been incredibly generous.
6: A lot of pledges there as well. Anna, Anna Barnes there. Thank you very much for coming in this morning. The idea she got from going on a website called Dream Challenges. And that's where she was first inspired to do something like this. She set up her own little page... Uh, Anna's own fundraising page, where she's actually had a goal. It's in dollars because it's an kind of American-hosted website. Fifteen thousand dollars was uh, the amount that she was hoping. She's already raised thirteen thousand five hundred and sixty-two dollars, and would you believe eleven cents as well? If you want to go along to that website, have a look yourself. And even just send her a good luck message to Anna before she flies off to Jordan and starts that hike across the desert on Monday, along with the other volunteers as well. The website is, again, tgenfoundation.org, that's T-G-E-N-Foundation, or one word.org dot org, slash netcommunity, slash make an effort for Charlotte. So if you want to make an effort, contribute, donate some money, then go to that website.
2: From one till
1: four.
6: Afternoons with Matt Webb. Cambridge
5: 105.
1: So it's just edging up to a half past three, and I'm pleased to say that joining me on the line this afternoon is uh, Councillor Jean Swanson. She's the Executive Councillor for Environmental and Waste Services at the City Council. And she's going to be talking to us about the introduction of a new food waste collection service for businesses of all sizes. Uh, good afternoon, to you, Jean. Uh, Good afternoon. Nice to be with you. Thank you very much. And first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. That's a very grand title that you have.
7: Yes, it certainly is. It, uh, it, it means that I cover all sorts of issues around bins, uh, both uh, on the streets and the domestic bins, but also environmental health. So food safety in restaurants, uh, as well as clearing away food from
1: restaurants. And I believe you were also present at the uh, big uh, sort of flash mob that took place earlier this year where the mayor um, kicked it all off with a blow of a whistle, didn't he?
7: Yes, 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 I was there. That was uh, when we were looking at um, uh, promoting paper recycling because um, some research was done uh, a while ago that showed there was far more paper in the black bins in Cambridge City than we would have expected there to be. And so we were promoting getting paper out of the black bins and into the commingled
1: blue bins. Uh, Did did you find that the actual, before we move on to talk about the, uh, the, the food waste collection stuff, did you actually find that it was a very successful, the campaign that you did in the flash mob?
7: Uh, Well, it certainly was quite a successful campaign because it started a campaign and and there was a lot of conversation around the city um, during the next weeks. What I haven't heard is any change in the figures yet. I have asked, but they haven't become available yet. So I I would love to be able to say, yes, we've got a lot more paper out of the black bins, but I can't actually say that right now.
1: Hopefully the uh, figures will be released uh, uh, very soon. But uh, tell us a little bit about this uh, new food waste collection service for for business. And more importantly, it's for businesses of all sizes, both large and small.
7: That's right. I think we expect it to start probably in, in, the, centre, in the centre of the city with restaurants and hotels. Um, but obviously we hope it will grow. Um, so, some of the commercial properties that, that the City Council does provide uh, a, a service to have been saying they would like to get their food waste out of their general rubbish and be able to send it to be composted um, which is obviously much cheaper for them than having it go to landfill and so uh, we're we're just going to try it out uh, well start it off really in um, April next year Uh, working with companies now to develop it um, so that we can offer a service and uh, we're we're not going to be, uh, we're going to be able to do it without investing uh, a lot of money in new equipment and that sort of thing. We're going to use the equipment we've got at the moment.
1: I was about to say, uh, obviously, uh, equipment-wise, you've you've just touched upon that. Uh, Has it cost a lot of money over the years to sort of build up the facilities to be able to do this sort of scheme?
7: Uh, well because the um the the trade waste has to fund itself it 's not subsidized at all by by taxpayers by the uh, council taxpayers, so it has to fund itself um, and so we try to keep it within the within the capacity that we 've got while equally trying to grow it to uh, in, increase the benefits for businesses of having their waste collected by the city council um, and being competitive in price and and also in the service we're offering. So um, we've started commingling, a commingled service with them recently, picking up an awful lot of cardboard so that that no longer goes to landfill Um, and that's been going down very well. So the next step is obviously food waste.
1: Have you found a number of businesses have already expressed an interest in this scheme? (laughs)
7: <laughs> yes, we've got a number. Um, I, 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 you know, because these things are changing all the time as conversations take place. But uh, we, we had, we did a survey, and most of the businesses that responded to that, which was sort of a twenty or thirty or so last time I had a figure, um, were very interested in getting food waste collected separately. So we'd be offering a daily food waste collection, uh, which would save them
1: money. So do you do you provide bins and things for the uh, for the businesses to put their waste in or do they use existing uh, facilities that they already have?
7: Um, no we we would be well we certainly at the moment we provide the big bins that their stuff goes into. We'll be negotiating with with each company you know as to what their needs are, and we'll do our best to tailor the service to their needs. So if they need some bins for the food waste, yes, we'll provide them. Um, but obviously you know that might you know that that's be part of the service that they're that they're paying for.
1: So once uh, businesses have disposed of their uh, their food waste, where does it go to? What's the sort of chain of events after it uh, arrives in a bin? You, you collect it; it goes to a goes to a site where it gets uh, recycled. I take it.
7: That, that's right. Yes, up at the uh, at the Waterbeach site where most of the waste goes anyway at the moment. Um, there's there's a special what they call in vessel composting. Um, system where all the waste is put into this uh, vessel where it heats all the food waste um goes, and the garden waste at the moment but this is special for food waste for businesses but the food waste goes into it it gets up to a a decent temperature so that it it becomes sterile and therefore very safe to use as a soil improver um at the end of of several weeks where it's it's turned and it moves from one bit to another um and then it's it becomes it's not technically quite a compost but it is a soil improver and it's it's used by the farming community and allotments
1: yeah, it sounds very interesting. And mm. uh, one other thing, uh, with regards to uh, sort of businesses that can take up this scheme, uh, is it yeah. just uh, restaurants or does it involve uh, other businesses of, of different types as well?
7: Um, certainly restaurants and hotels. Um, and I think we'll probably be talking to the market traders to see whether, whether they're interested in it. Um, I, I doubt that a, uh, a lot of smaller businesses would have the I, I, a lot of, I doubt that many non-food businesses would have enough food waste, if you see what I mean, yeah. to be worth them paying for a special collection um, for that. Um, you, you know, uh, um, somewhere like John Lewis probably would, for example, because they'd have the, the food waste. But somewhere that didn't have a cafe you know, of that size probably wouldn't have enough food waste to be worth it.
1: And if a business wants to sort of uh, enrol on the scheme, how much does it cost them?
7: Uh, Well, I think that that would have to be negotiated. At the moment, it costs them about 70-something pounds a tonne to go to landfill, uh, and it would be a lot cheaper than that. Um, But the best thing would be to go to the City Council's website which is Cambridge.gov.uk, and put trade waste into the search engine, and then they'd be able to get into the system, take part in the survey, and begin to negotiate on what the cost would be for them.
1: Wonderful stuff. You've mentioned the website. I was going to ask about contact details. Uh, and finally, how many people are actually involved in the council with with, with dealing with this? Uh, do you have a team of people that actually go out? Is it is it a big big collection team? I, I take I take it that go and collect. Well, no.
7: I mean, obviously, there are. I think there are two trade waste trucks that are collecting trade waste at the moment generally and one of them will be um given a specialist route to go once a day and collect food waste so it, it's not it's not a big team and there are a couple of people in the office who who do the negotiations and the, the billing and all that sort of thing so it's not a huge team but we'd like to develop the service as, as far as we can
1: wonderful stuff and uh, i take it you're still accepting uh, businesses of all sizes still to come along and uh, express an interest oh, and oh, possibly take up on it
7: Absolutely. There's a, there's a survey monkey via the city council website, which is the sort of the first place to start. And there are contact details on the on the council website that people can get in touch.
1: Wonderful stuff, uh, Councillor Jean Swanson, the executive uh, councillor for environmental and waste services at the city council. It's been fascinating talking to you about the scheme, and uh, hopefully, uh, lots of local businesses will take up the uh, the opportunity of being involved in it and how uh, to recycle yeah. food waste across the city. Thank you very much.
7: Absolutely. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you. Bye.